0: From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Seren. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told. And you are among friends. If you're new to the program, welcome. And you've picked the perfect night to join us. Rosemary Ellen Guiley is an extraordinary paranormal researcher and the author of over 70 books. And she joins us in the second hour for A Conspiracy Show Tradition. Once a month, she drops by and we kick around a few wonderfully strange stories in the news. We call it the Paranormal News Roundup. This hour... In my 20-plus years behind a microphone, I've interviewed and met countless alleged alien abductees and UFO ET experiencers, but Eric Mitchell is, to date, the most credible such person I've met, and he has one of the most compelling stories. Eric has been counseling abductees of alien encounters for the last five years, since having his own encounter and facing the harsh reality of this phenomena and its effects on one's life. He's dedicated his time to helping others who have had the misfortune of Experiencing this phenomenon firsthand. Along with educating the public and ufologists on this subject, Eric is a highly sought-after speaker and lecturer on the topics of UFOs at conferences and on radio, TV, and documentary films. Eric Mitchell, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me on.
0: We should point out that you're down in, in Arkansas. Now, you grew up in a, a small town. You've described that as the Bible Belt what just before we we get into your your case just tell me about life in in small town arkansas growing up
1: well it's you know everybody knows everybody um you know if, if something significant happens in your life it travels around pretty fast um, very, very nice, kind, genuine people. You know, if you go to the grocery store and uh, you have a little chit chat with the, uh, the, the the lady behind the counter, she genuinely wants to know how your day is. Uh, it's not a, a program response or a re- mechanical, reactive behavior. You know, it's uh, genuine people. Uh, so, you, what I went through it made it very difficult to uh, to kind of stay around uh, per se.
0: And you were you were a debunker uh, on this. Subject for years, right? I mean, were you, were you a, a regular churchgoer, and and I mean, were you raised to, I guess, not believe in in UFOs, aliens?
1: Well, of course, I think through uh, social conditioning, uh, especially here in America, that we're all raised not to believe in this kind of thing. Uh, I wasn't really actively a debunker. I, I wouldn't go after people uh, for, uh, for talking about that kind of thing, but I would shy away from him. Like, wow, this guy, you know, this guy's nuts. He's talking about UFOs. You know, I would, uh, definitely, uh, shy away from that kind of thing. Um, I'd like to think that I was very simple Southern man, uh, very practical, um, and, and, and slow, (laughs) to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't really have uh, a whole lot of intelligence and uh, this, uh, this whole situation really changed uh, my way of thinking uh,
0: 100%. But but for you, you know, that old expression, seeing is believing, but for you, in the beginning, seeing wasn't believing, correct?
1: That, that is correct. That is correct. I couldn't, um, you know, I'm a student of psychology, and when you come across something that's not supposed to be real, naturally you go that direction. And for me, I wanted to believe that i was um suffering too much stress in my life maybe i was having some sort of delusion um you know it, it and it got really bad it got to the point where i was daydreaming that i can go to a, a psychologist get get on medication six months later all this would be gone meanwhile um at the time i'm having witnesses all over my neighborhood point these objects out they're really scared I had pictures and videos on my phone, uh, very up close, very good pictures. And at the same time, I'm still telling myself this isn't real. Everyone just noticed that I lost my mind and they were agreeing with me just to be nice. You know, I I was trying to paint that. And if I ever was delusional in my entire life, that would have been that time because I could not accept it at all. It, It just wouldn't. Wouldn't be a part of my reality.
0: So, so give us a, a time frame, and then we'll sort of we'll we'll go through this kind of chronologically. When did when did the uh, the sightings? It was, an, I guess, this orange spherical object floating around your your place. When did that start?
1: Uh, it was, uh, I believe, it was July twenty eighth of uh, twenty thirteen. I had uh, woken up, and I was standing outside of my apartment. I had no idea how I got there. And I kind of slowly woke up. I didn't wake up and just kind of jolt. You know, I slowly woke up with this confusion, like, what the hell am I doing outside? Um, you know, and, and you know, I could feel my eyebrows just pushing together in, in, in confusion. And I'm looking at the the dead end of the road. It's a very, very small street, very short dead end. And here this thing is. And my first thought is, is that an exploded transformer? Um, but the more I became conscious, the more I was uh, just absolutely confused. I, I, I'm looking at this bright light. It's uh, maybe 35, 40 feet in diameter, and it's it, it looks like a miniature sun. Uh, and it didn't. What bothered me the most is it didn't really illuminate light. It was very bright, but the street, the apartments, the the uh, the trees, everything around this thing was not illuminated. But it was extremely bright so it just it really bothered my my my
0: thinking and what time of day was was that again
1: it was around 4 a.m oh, i 4 remember A.M., going right. inside and it was about four eighteen when i walked inside and uh turned on the television i thought maybe uh, there was some strange weather phenomena i was kind of desperate at the time to uh, to try to figure out what the heck was going on um but i i kept the door open all morning so i can kind of lean over on my couch and, and look out and and as soon as the doubt would come back into my mind i would lean over and look and go what the hell is that thing you know what what could it possibly you know it, it didn't bob it didn't weave it just kind of marbled like water or or if you were looking directly at the sun it had that uh, uh that wavy motion to the uh, exterior so um, I figured by 6am or so the sunlight would be out and I'd be able to uh laugh at myself and and go look you know optical illusion and you know the world would start spinning my way again uh but uh, by the time the sun came up I was getting the kids up and getting coffee and and poked my head out as soon as the light came out, and there was nothing there. So I walked outside. I looked around to kind of give myself an idea of this optical illusion, and I couldn't really uh, explain it away. So, uh, you know, that day, I'm normally um, the guy with charisma at work and and getting everybody going, but that day I was just really quiet, kept to myself, and uh, really confused about what it was.
0: And uh you mentioned you were you're getting your kids breakfast. Uh did you did you um, discuss it with their mother uh did, or did you just say nothing to no one?
1: Well, no, I was a single father at the time. And uh I I really didn't want to say anything to uh the kids or anything like that. Uh when you see something you can't explain, the the, the last thing that you do is try to tell someone about it. Uh, at least in my situation, uh, because, you know, if you see something that's not supposed to be real, you know, how do you even begin having that conversation? Uh, so, and, that, and that's what I find in my work is that people internalize this so much that it literally just destroys them from the inside out. And uh, it, it, it just takes one person to listen to and say, look, you're not crazy. I've witnessed these things too. And, uh, you know, immediately their, their life gets a lot better. But that's what I did. I just internalized it, put it in the uh, confusion folder in my mind and, and, and tried to uh, go on
0: and, and have a normal day. But obviously that wasn't the end of it. Uh, I mean, it kept coming back. And, and at some point, though, there, you you had neighbors who saw it, right?
1: hmm Absolutely. I, I think there were uh, 19 witnesses that literally lived on the street uh, but there was quite a few more because people would talk at the grocery stores, you know, they'd talk at church, and, and they'd get curious about what's happening. They'd hear about this kind of thing, so they would drive up at night, and, and uh, it, it became quite a bit of a, a fiasco because uh, people were throwing beer cans down, cigarette butts. There'd be uh, 10, 20, 30 people outside of my apartment um, after dark just to see what uh, what all the fuss is about. And uh, so these people witnessed it too. Went to other people, and uh, word got around really fast. And because I live in the Bible Belt, uh, they were saying that I was calling down the devil. You know that I was uh, in league with the devil somehow or something like that. So uh, things got pretty negative, you know, for me um, in, in the town that I live in.
0: Why did they Why did they focus the attention on you? Just because it appeared outside your apartment, you had neighbors. Why you?
1: Well, it it was obvious to everyone in the neighborhood that uh this thing was interested in me. Uh if I'd walk away from the crowd, it would literally go across the street and and be in front of me. So, uh and it it really wouldn't show up until I came right outside. You know, people would uh knock on my glass, they would knock on my door. These are people I've never even met. You know, they just want to see the object and I would come out and the object would show up. So, uh, it, it really frightened a lot of people, uh, including myself. Uh, I was uh, uh, physically affected by this thing, um, and, and affected in, in so many ways. I don't think we have enough time on the show to, to really get into all of that, but uh, this object did hover above me. <clears throat> I was unaware of it. Uh, I was standing on my excuse me. <clears throat> I was standing on my own shoelace at the time. And I kind of stepped back and untied my shoe. I'm sure everybody's done it uh, once in their life. And I felt this vibration on the top of my head. And uh I didn't know what it was. I hurry up, you know, finished tying my shoe. And all of a sudden, it was like someone turned up the volume on this thing. Uh, it felt like a extremely unexplainable uh, vibration and frequency uh, kind of like if you're standing in front of a rock speaker during a conference or, or something like that you know you're, you're going to feel the vibration come through uh, but this is maybe times a million uh, I went straight to the ground face first I felt it mainly in my head uh, the only real thought I can push through my mind was oh my god I'm being killed you know it was that harsh I did throw up, uh, but the only reason I knew that is because my throat was open for a long period of time. And uh, as soon as I could push myself off the ground and look up at the object, it flashed twice and and darted away as as fast as a bullet. No sound, um, no indication uh, or anything. Uh, It was just jaw-dropping that there's no sonic boom. There's no anything like that, but it just took off. So I kind of laid there... um,
0: And you were bleeding, right? You were bleeding out of your your nose and your ears?
1: Yes, my left ear and and both nostrils in my nose. I actually, um, well, I literally crawled into the uh, apartment, got into the the bathroom floor, and uh, I was so hot. My skin was like sunburned. I felt like I had third-degree burns on my brain uh literally it was just on fire and you know we don't have nerve endings on our brain to literally feel something like that so i'm i'm still confused about that but i i just laid on that cold floor and uh um, and and passed out i did yell to my kids call 911 but i think they were already uh sleeping
0: you know as i'm hearing this particularly you know the 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 witnesses that saw this orange sphere floating above your your neighborhood the the image that came into my my mind was the the, the Fatima appar- apparition of 1917. Uh um are you familiar with that case? I don't think so. Uh these uh, uh por- Portuguese uh children, very poor uh, Portuguese children in Fatima, Portugal, a uh, village uh, during uh, the First World War saw what they believed was the apparition of uh, the Virgin Mary and she Uh, she visited with them and revealed all of these, you know, prophecies and so forth. And, and then at some point there were uh, thousands of people, uh, who, who came because it was a recurring, uh, occurring episode. And, uh, they, they saw this light in the sky. It was sort of, you know, dancing in the sky and, and things. And this was, you know, seen by, by thousands of people. Uh, and so I'm, you know, the fact that you had all of these these witnesses, uh, I'm surprised it, it 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 didn't garner the kind of media attention that I mean the the Fatima apparition is particularly among uh, observant Catholics is you know is a huge event and yet your event, I'm guessing didn't receive that kind of media attention.
1: Well, it 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 actually did. I got a call from a, a CNN reporter. Um, several different news outlets, um, all kinds of things. You know, it it did get out, Um, but I I was in a position where the only way I could actually um, explain it is when I went through my divorce. You know, I had constant anxiety. What's gonna happen to the kids? What's gonna happen to my home? Is my bank account gonna get drawn in? So I was in that state of, of constant fear and worry and confusion. I was definitely, not in a position to go sit down in front of CNN and tell them what happened I mean today yeah, I could do that but but back then, my worldview was absolutely one hundred percent being destroyed you know everything that I believed in everything um, that I was was changing and it's you know I was suffering from what you would call maybe savant syndrome where you have a very low IQ, and the next thing you know, it's 150, and you don't know what to do with that, you know? So I was, I was going through a lot of struggles with these things, and there was no way in the world I was gonna be that crazy UFO guy that everybody laughs at, you know, uh, for a split second on television. Um, I, I'd like to think of myself a little more <clears throat> aware than that, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, uh, I just didn't want to be in that situation. Especially being a single father, four kids and you don't want dhs banging on your door going hey you're nuts you know i'm going to take your children away now so uh there's so many factors that you can put into that but you know now that they get the kids are all off to college you know i can talk about these things you know um especially not just for myself because i i speak to at least one new person every day that has these experiences maybe not 100 percent the same But very, very similar. And it just keeps coming out over and over and over again. And it's just jaw-dropping to hear from 125 different countries all over the world with people telling you, yes, I've I've seen this thing. Oh, my God, I'm not crazy. Uh, So it really helps them out. You know, they don't have a voice. Uh, I don't think most of them ever will until... This taboo really lifts, you know, from our our uh, society and becomes something a little more understanding about this. You know, the CIA they're they're completely involved with studying this kind of thing, <clears throat> yet us people think you know it's all taboo and it's all quote unquote crazy.
0: When did the when did you notice the birds flying into your your building and and um, killing themselves?
1: Oh, that was uh, just before the uh, the first uh, UFO incident. Um. I actually recently spoken with a man about, uh, I think, 20 minutes from here, and he's been trying to find me. He tracked me down. And he said, you know, that same night, those birds, I, I saw an object <clears throat> floating over the trees, and it was the same as I described. And these birds are just falling down dead um, right there in his driveway. And uh, he thought he was alone for the longest time with uh, seeing this object, but uh, he wasn't. You know, and we've been talking quite a bit about it.
0: And at some point, because of the, the birds, I guess, you had the Centers for Disease Control. The CDC came to your place knocking on your door. What were they looking for?
1: Uh, well, they, I, the, the first thing I asked them, because they were in full gear, you know, uh, am I in danger? Are my kids in danger? Because, you know, I was laying on the couch, I was trying to get a nap. Single parents never get naps, so this was like a, a great thing for me. And I hear just rocks or, or baseball or something just hitting the side of uh, the building. So I'm thinking, you know, kids are playing baseball or something like that outside. But once it got so loud and so frequent, I decided I was going to go out and, and scold some children for being so loud and, and, and damaging to my apartment. And... uh well, that wasn't the case at all. It was these blackbirds. They were literally falling from the sky and landing into the end of my apartment. The CDC asked me if I had any strange electrical things in the house, you know. Uh, and I told them, no, I have a refrigerator, television, you know, just normal stuff. You know, uh, I don't have any strange electrical anything, you know. And I asked them if I was going to get some kind of, um, you know, information about what was going on because, you know, there could be some kind of flu. There could be, you know, disease or something like that. And I literally, I've never heard back from them. Uh, as a matter of fact, I saw it um, a couple of nights later. It was on national news that uh, all these birds were falling out of the sky, and there was no no explanation other than fireworks uh, is is the only thing they can come up with.
0: You mentioned your your IQ uh, went from mm-hmm. one hundred and ten to one hundred and fifty. So you you had yourself tested, right? What what? What sort of came into your mind that you realized? I'm gonna, you know, I need to get this tested because I'm not the old me anymore.
1: Well, I was, uh, I was really lucky. I was looking for someone in the uh, in the very beginning that knew about this. I, I didn't care if it was paranormal, explainable. I didn't care. I just wanted to talk to someone that knew about this kind of thing and literally just open my mouth and 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 say these things so I can get them off my chest. You know, they were boiling inside. I needed to erupt. I needed to speak with someone, and I found a man that was with um, Mufon for the longest time. He's been studying this thing on his own for for over forty years, you know. So I got on the phone with him, and uh, the first two minutes, I'm rolling my eyes, going, "This guy's crazy," you know. He's talking about UFOs and aliens and and all this stuff, and uh, but I, I decided I was going to stay on the phone and listen to everything the man had to say. So I was lucky to have him because in the beginning, he uh, started a case. He, uh, started collecting evidence, witness statements, and all that stuff. So, uh, it was just really good to, to, you know, uh, I was so lucky to, uh, to run in him, to him at that time.
0: But, but did you, was there a sort of an aha moment for you when you said, I think I'm a lot smarter than I used to be? What's going on here?
1: <laughs> well, he, he noticed the change, you know, um, I noticed the change as well, but he noticed it. He, he said, you know, you're talking faster. You know what's going on with this, and and during these investigations, you want to do psychological analysis every three months. Um, if you notice anything at all, you need to follow it, you know, and, and document it. And for me, it was it was almost instantaneous, but not at the same time. I would notice my thoughts thinking, uh, I would. Uh, For a small example, I went to a pep rally to see my son, you know, play his horn, have a good time, root for our team. I've done it for years, you know, and I walk up to the school and this school I've known for years and it's called Cutter Morning Star. People can Google it. It's in Hot Springs, Arkansas. I went Morning Star, you know, um, so everything that I, I had initially looked at throughout my life had had changed in front of my eyes so I'm walking around seeing Eric
0: I pardon the interruption I'm going to take it uh, this will be a bit of a cliffhanger we'll come back and we'll pick up on this story Eric Mitchell experiencer abductee back with more of The Conspiracy Show in a moment stay with us You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarratt Eric Mitchell stays with us. Just a reminder, coming up in the second hour, Rosemary Ellen Guiley with our Paranormal News Roundup. And uh, she'll also take us on a little paranormal uh, road trip across America and highlight some of the top places. So, Eric, you were talking about this aha moment when you realized that you had received sort of a significant uh, upgrade, shall we say. You went to a pep rally at your son's public school and uh, the, the name of the school, Morning Star, something, something clicked.
1: Yes, yes. I, you know, I never thought, uh, never thought about that before. But I went into the pep rally, and I'm looking at kids holding flags with goats on them. I'm looking at young ladies uh, with painted faces, short skirts, throwing their legs in the air in front of the crowd. I'm looking at uh, children, you know, uh, chanting "fight, fight, fight," "win, win, win." You know, a, a practice of, of dislike or hatred toward a town because of a ball game. And, you know, I started thinking about divide and conquer, and I started thinking about the thought process of one town versus another and what we teach our children. And, you know, I started thinking about uh, different counties, different towns. Um, You know, accents divide us. Religion divides us. You know, and if you look at the United States, it's not the United States. It is the divided states because uh, look at all those lines and, and, and different names. So. I, I just kind of went through all of that in my mind so fast, and I went, wow, what the hell? You know, <laughs> I'm just a, a simple redneck, and here I am just having all these thoughts and emotions and feelings, and um, that, too, was really, really difficult to handle. I mean, uh, it it got to the point where I had to keep my mind busy. I had to keep reading. Uh, you know, I got into uh, mathematics and botany, and, and um, this was not me. This was not how I normally am, you know. Uh, get up go to work take care of the kids do my routine because routine is safe for a a single parent and here i am divulging like um the only way i can explain it with addiction is cigarettes because i smoke and so if i want one really bad i know that feeling and i was just craving so much information and to this day i literally haven't read one book on the ufo subject and i think that's kept me safe for a lot of reasons um but um but yeah i I just couldn't get enough information and um and now i think uh, i'm definitely full of useless information uh, but yeah. i had to learn i just had to keep cramming it was just an impulse to uh, to keep going and it was it was mind-wrecking it was very 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 difficult to um, per se go through that type of transition so so quickly
0: but meanwhile i mean the, these experiences are still happening tell me about the the actual abduction
1: well, I, I actually don't have memory of abduction. I do have um, slight bits and pieces, uh, you know, flashes in the mind of of um, seeing different lights uh, with my eyes barely perched open. Uh, but what I can tell you is I was in extreme denial. I was talking to my investigator. He said, you're not going to like this, but I believe you have been abducted. And I couldn't accept that. I, I, you know, who, who, what rational mind can say, you know, a, a UFO came over my house, took me and my, my children and did experiments? I mean, that's just, you can't digest that right away. And it's taken me years to digest it as well. But what I couldn't overlook was the marks. Um, I believe the first time is when I woke up and, my, you know, here I am on my couch. I have a 380 under my pillow because if anything was going to come through that front door, I'm going to shoot it. You know, I was at that point. I was scared. I was confused. And he's pouring cereal, and I look up at him, and he's got this mark cut out of his forehead. And it, it was a large piece of skin. You know, it was pretty good sized. So I got up, and I looked at it. I rushed him into the bathroom, and I'm putting peroxide on it. And, and cold water. And I'm asking him, how did you hit your head? What happened to you? And he said, I don't know, Dad. I just woke up and it's here. And he said, Dad, look at your head. And he looks up in the mirror at me and points. And I looked up at my head and I had a gash in the same spot of my forehead. So I told my son, I said, hold on to the counter. Don't move. you know. And I went into his sister's room, pulled over the blanket, and there it was on her head as well, the same exact spot. Um, now, am I to believe that all three of us slept walk? fell into an object of the same shape and size um, with different weight distributions. All of us had the same depth and everything like that all in one night. Well, that's, that right there is an insane thought. Um, it was uh, about three days later, I woke up to my daughter screaming. I ran into her room as fast as I could, and, and she had her mouth just wide open trying to scream. And I didn't, I, you know, I just ran up to her. I'm shaking her. What's wrong? What's wrong? And she pulls the blanket off of her shoulder and from her shoulder cuff to her elbow were literally hundreds of scoops. And I'm not talking bug bites. You know, um, these things were deep enough to put a, uh, a drop of water at least in each one of them. And I stopped counting on one arm at 174 on one arm. That's how ate up her arm was. Oh, but as I'm, as I'm freaking out, She, she, you know, she's got her mouth open. She's trying to say something to me, but she points at my arm and I look down and I have the same thing. So, you know, I've, I've known their pediatrician for 15 years. We've been golfing. He's a great guy. And he, he looks at her and says, good Lord, little girl, what in the world is eating you? And he looks at me and he says, Eric, these lesions are deep enough to be bleeding or at least pussing. He said, the skin is so dehydrated that they're not doing either. You know, he said, I've got to have some kind of explanation. He said, Eric, if I haven't known you as long as I've known you, I'd have to report this. And I said, what do you mean report this? And he said, well, to DHS, you know, for for harming your children or having your children in harm's way. You know, and I told him, I said, look, it's got to be some kind of bug bite or something. You know, I don't know. And he said, yeah, but that wouldn't explain the dehydration and things of that nature. So uh, it it was a terrible, terrible um, time to really be in a cognitive dissonance of what's going on, what's causing these things. And there were several uh, different ones. I had woken up one morning, jumped in the shower, and as soon as the water hit my stomach, I felt a, a, a severe burning sensation. And I looked down and from nipple to navel, a very long, long uh, what looks like um, a laser incision. And I've had a couple of doctors tell me that's exactly what a laser incision looks like. Uh, I have no idea where it came from, you know, um, but it's 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 still there to this day, you know, just a big long scar. So. You know, in the beginning, it was impossible to believe. But at the same time, where are these marks coming from? I'm not the type to jump out of bed and, and look at a, a tiny little nick on me and say, "Oh, that must be uh, you know aliens." It's it's got to be something very substantial for me to even uh, go that route. Uh, but I had to start looking into it.
0: And did your did your children have any memory? Do they now have any memory of of these experiences?
1: yes they do they do more than i do um they they remember being on the craft they remember uh, me just being on a table and uh being incoherent you know um they would say dad or something like that and i just wouldn't respond um at one point my daughter remembers holding one of their hands and walking down a hallway and going into a room and uh uh, trying this machine, and when she tried this machine, it, it seemed to um, put her directly into a meditative state. Of uh, uh, she, the way she described it, she said she felt like she was everything all at once, and uh, she had a lot of trouble explaining that to me. But they have a lot, <clears throat> a lot more memory of, uh, of abduction than I do. You know, uh, most of my memory is right there in the front yard. You know, uh, with this
0: object. Uh, in the next, we're coming up on a, on a break here, but just in the few minutes before we break, just, let's start this conversation about, uh, frequencies, uh, that, that you, that were used, I guess, to communicate with you, and then we'll, we'll discuss how you sort of have this ability, or your brain has this ability to create sound. When did this all begin? That
1: happened when I got knocked down by the object. I usually don't talk about it <clears throat> too much, but I, I guess I don't mind. I uh, When this object knocked me down, I did feel it predominantly in my brain. Um, like I said before, we don't have nerve endings in our brain, but of course we can definitely have a headache once in a while. Uh, the next morning when I woke up, I woke up covered in blood, um, covered in, in vomit. I, I was fully clothed. I kicked off my shoes and I got directly into the shower and just laid there, fully clothed, until the water, uh, hot water, ran out. I dried up, you know. Uh, I got on fresh clothes and I went in to get something to drink because I was insanely thirsty. I mean, I, I grabbed the cranberry juice and I was—I didn't care. I was just spilling it down my shirt, just trying to get enough uh, liquids into my body. And I started to walk from the kitchen into the uh, the living room, and I felt that slight rumble on the top of my head so I literally grabbed the counter and braced I froze you know you ever see a goat that gets scared they just freeze and they fall over I mean that's that's the kind of terror that I was in at the moment and as soon as I would kind of relax that 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 frequency and the vibration would just kind of go away Uh, so about five times into it that morning I kind of thought to myself is this me you know am I doing this so I paid attention to that uh that feeling. It 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 felt like the center of my brain, like there's a
0: little muscle in there. Eric, I'm going to so jump in I, here. We're going to uh sure. we're going to head into a break and we'll pick up on this on the other side. Eric sure. Mitchell with a remarkable harrowing almost horrifying uh abduction experience. Back with more of the conspiracy show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. So, Eric, you were talking about the sensation in the top of your head, and it was happening over and over and over again. You want to pick up from where we left off there?
1: Well, sure. I I kind of paid attention to where it was. You know, it, it felt like a muscle. You, you could move your finger. You could move your toes. Um, and it just, I felt something in the center of my brain. So I... It's hard to explain, but I, I accessed it uh, or allowed it. Um, it's it's really difficult to uh, articulate. But as soon as I did that, it went off, and I mean, went off bad. And I jumped up off the couch, and I'm pacing back and forth, and I'm going, "Oh my God, I'm insane! You know, I, I probably have schizophrenia, or I have, uh, you know, I keep wanting to lean toward that, especially in the beginning when all this was happening. But you know, maybe I had a brain tumor. So I just totally freaked out." And I wasn't in a good position to uh, experience that in the first place because I'd, I'd gone through so much already. So I got a hold of my investigator and I said, look, you're not gonna believe this. Uh, I don't even wanna tell you, but this is what's going on. And he said, let me send someone down there immediately and let's check it out. So he sent one of his investigators out. Nice lady, she came out, uh, she witnessed the high strangeness, the lights flickering, the uh, television turning on and off. She went through four cameras trying to film me on tape. I think she got 19 witnesses that day, but she, she, you know, poor thing, you know, she would plug in a camera, aim it, and it would just drain. So she went through four cameras. The fourth one, she just kept plugging into the wall so she can actually do the interviews. Well, she had told me, she said, we're going to be on camera and you can show me this uh, vibration and frequency thing that you're talking about. And she looked really skeptical. You know, looking back, I don't blame her. I would be skeptical too. But I was shy about it and I immediately got upset with her thinking, it doesn't believe me, you know. So I really got to push that out and and show her. So I sat in a, a chair in front of mine in front of the camera. And I leaned forward and I I put my forehead to her forehead and I pushed it out as hard as I could. And she immediately fell out of the chair. I had to catch her and her face swelled up and her eyes swelled shut and everything like that. So she had a lot to report to my investigator about it. Obviously, she said this is a real thing. It's definitely not tinnitus or schizophrenia or anything like that, which we've gone through a lot of Studying about it, you know, trying to figure out
0: right. I mean, what, you're, what. What you're describing is not physiologically possible.
1: Right. That's what uh, my doctor said. He did his thesis on the human brain in school, and he said there's nothing in the human brain that can create sound. Now, I have a friend of mine. Well, he's now a friend because of our dealings, but he worked for uh, MIT for quite a while. And he postulates that I'm somehow able to push the subtle energy, you know, the the firing between neurons that electric, it looks like electricity, but it's not. But he postulates that I'm able to somehow access all of it at once and push it to make sound vibration.
0: Is it measurable?
1: Well, I can set off uh, EMP meters and stuff like that at will.
0: Do you remember you know, the, that renowned debunker, the amazing Randy? He used to be a magician and then he, then he worked for one of these, well he's got an organization. He debunks this kind of stuff and he offered up a prize of a million dollars for anyone who could prove some sort of paranormal, supernatural phenomena. I mean, what you're describing, I think there's a check with your name on it for a million dollars.
1: Well, I mean, if he would like to have coffee sometime, I'd love to show him. You know, this is not something that I can only do on the second Tuesday of every month. You know, this is something that is with me all the time. I mean, I I just entertain myself. I put in earphones and add to the music. Something very interesting that I've come across recently is uh, Kit Green from the CIA. He uh, works in Princeton University. He deals with DNA a lot. He's been scanning experiencers like myself and he's been doing MRIs and stuff like that. And he got a hold of, I believe, who is that? Grant Cameron that's been talking to him.
0: Oh, yes. Canadian. And I know Grant. Yes.
1: Grant, great guy. A great researcher. I mean, if you want to follow the truth, he's always nipping the heels of it. So I, I talked to Grant recently and uh, Grant told me, he said, yeah, some of these guys are pushing out. Not at will. Okay. These are brain scans of 25 hertz, 45 hertz, 50 hertz. And then he wanted to surprise me. And he said, Eric some of these monks that they're scanning that uh, meditate all the time they're actually pulling out 100 hertz from their brain and i kind of chuckled and i went oh no because last time i was sent to nashville now 100 hertz is below human hearing you're not going to pick that up but you're going to see it on screen you know with these computers for me it was 1540 hertz in nashville with a cheap Shirt, Mike, oh, um, dear Lord. Forehead.
0: Listen, we're going <laughs> to stop it. there. I'm just sorry. Uh, we'll take another quick time out. And uh, a few minutes right. remain with Eric Mitchell and this uh, remarkable, remarkable story. Uh, how could you go away? Stay with us. We'll be right back. shaking the world and seeing what falls this is the conspiracy show with Richard Sarah we are into the home stretch with uh, Eric Mitchell there's so much here to uh, delve into and we are not even scratching the surface we're gonna have to have you back Eric for a full two hours but you were talking about uh, you your brain was emitting um, a thousand Hertz uh, uh one 1,540, but that was, uh, 2014,
1: the last time we recorded in Nashville. As a matter of fact, the guys in Nashville, they weren't, uh, too privy on, on doing the whole project, but the wife was an experiencer and she pushed for it. She said, you guys have to do this. And, you know, they were really skeptical. I don't blame them. I, I went into the, uh, the soundproof room. They were looking at a 70 inch TV and uh, I was determined to show them that uh, they shouldn't be skeptical. So I, I blasted, uh, I think it was um, 741 hertz, um, pretty loudly, and they picked it up just fine. <clears throat> they were kind of upset at first. They were saying, no, check the diagnostics. That's not him. Uh, there's something wrong with the equipment. So they ran diagnostics, and they found out it was me. And, uh, I mean, they just got really excited so that kind of changed their mind a little bit but yeah it was uh, a 1540 hertz uh, that they determined that I was doing which later on I you know in my obsession to try to figure out what this is I thought I had turned over everything I could find uh, to figure things out and I was talking to a guy in MUFON uh, not too long ago and he said well can you achieve a radio wave and I said whoa what you know radio wave what do you mean He goes, I think he said 1,548 hertz, which I was just shy of that in Nashville. And, uh, you know, the implications of that just blew my mind. My investigator and I, we've got to get together very soon with uh, some different equipment and and try some more experimentation.
0: So, I mean, if if you're in this studio and you're producing this sound, I mean, without equipment, is it, if I was standing next to you, would I hear it?
1: Uh, yeah, you'd have to kind of put your ear to my head, or a stethoscope works uh, really well, or uh, just an amplifier with a, uh, a shirt mic. Um, usually when I show people, I, I have them put it on my head so it doesn't look like I'm I'm trying to pull off any kind of trick or anything. That's usually what people do. They think, well, you're just wiggling the mic or something like that, and uh, that's not the case because before I had great control, now I can do five-dimensional frequencies, you know, the background all the way to the foreground with complete control, uh, better control than my voice. So when people say, well, you're just kind of wiggling the mic, I say, well, hold it, (laughs) you know, put it up to my head and have fun. Um, You know, I understand skeptical thought. You know, I I live my whole life that way.
0: So this is how you suppose the the grays, I'm guessing, uh, are communicating... With, with people telepathic, telepathically. So now you're able to do it back, but are you, I mean, the, the, the sounds that you're creating, what is that? Like the carrier wave? I mean, are you able to encode a message in that? Can you communicate telepathically?
1: Well, I don't, I don't understand. There there were two messages, and every time I would mess up, it would uh, interrupt me, and I'd I'd repeat it again. So those are the ones that we did in Nashville. they're still being studied they might be studied for god knows how long i don't know um but they've only said in english uh one thing to me and that was it and i was leaning up against my apartment i was alone it was after dark and it showed up at the end of the street and i'm just i'm 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 going what are you what is going on you know i had so many questions my fear was starting to go away <clears throat> and i was just Overwhelmingly curious. You know, this thing just impacted my life, destroyed everything. Uh, You know, I want to know what is going on. You know, and all of a sudden, just right inside my mind, it was to look is not to see. It is merely to observe with what little we have to offer. And I had no idea what that meant. And it really scared me to, you know, feel that type of communication because it was emotional as well. It was psychic as well. It was Almost, you know, uh, uh, the interconnectivity is unexplainable. But that's the only only thing I've ever gotten English at all. It was uh, <laughs> sorry about the shaky voice, but you know, I kind of go back to it in my mind when when I'm talking about it. Right, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, but uh, y- yeah, I've overcome a lot in a long time. But if it weren't for my investigator, I, w- I would have put that 380 in my mouth and. and um, you know, ended it right there a long time ago.
0: You were were that close. I mean, it was in your lap. You were thinking about what you were sitting in your car thinking about ending it right there?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Craving it. I mean, wanting it more than anything in the world because I could not, I couldn't handle it. I, I just, there was no way. And, uh, instead of most investigators they come they get your your evidence they take off and they go study it and uh, maybe someday they'll call you back and say congratulations that that was real but uh there he he really understands uh, because he's been through it himself uh, so there were many nights where i was just breaking down and not able to handle what was going on and, and you know i have to say the worst part is being a father to children and not being able to protect them from something that you don't even understand and uh i think that just destroyed me the most you know it's 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 been a long long journey in a very short period of time but uh i, I still keep plugging along you know
0: and this uh, is ongoing I- this is ongoing right and this is still happening and and how about with your children how are they i know i know they're in college but how are they doing
1: they're, they're, they're okay. They, they really are. I mean, uh, you know, uh, my oldest daughter, she graduated, uh, high school at a very young age. Uh, she's 23 right now. She's going, you know, for a master's in biology. So, um, <clears throat> my, my son, he's, uh, he's doing great. Um, He's looking into uh, engineering and stuff like that. Uh, highly intelligent children, you know, they, they've they grown with it. But I believe because they didn't have so much social conditioning uh, thrown at them, and this happened to them at a younger age, they were more uh, able to accept it than I was. Um, and they were so calm about things where I, I just couldn't handle it, you know. And I, I really think that comes with having a uh, a forced thought process that gets put on us you know uh, children if a child sees a unicorn they'll go yay but if you and I saw a unicorn it's like geez get a picture nobody's going to believe this uh, so it's it's just a different mindset
0: and how did you you mentioned your investigator do you want to do you want to give us his name and say hello or is that kind of a I don't want to I don't want to betray no, your his, confidences here
1: <clears throat> no, no 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 confidence his name is Barry Gaunt uh, uh, he's, uh, Kentucky's, Mufon uh, State Director. Uh, he's been studying this for, like I said, over 40 years. Uh, 25 with the Star Team. Uh, wonderful, wonderful soul. I mean, I, I owe my life to the man. And, uh, I did tell them, him that once. I said, you know, how could I ever repay you for what you've done for me? You know, my children, you've helped us uh out of the kindness of your heart, you know. And he said one day when you get back on your feet and off your knees, he said, help people like yourself. He said now you understand what it's like for them, you know, so be there for them. And uh I have ever since.
0: And how did how did he help you get up off your feet? How did he get you from the 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 victim stage to <clears throat> acceptance, if if that's a word that you use?
1: Well he was he was just literally there anytime i needed them you know there's a you know i I use the analogy um say if you have to have your leg removed you wake up after surgery there's a nub there you think how am i ever going to live again you know and you can become an alcoholic you can be a poor little me person for as long as you want to you know get scapegoats to uh, tell you that drinking's okay and what you've been through is horrible and all that stuff or you can be choosing to Imagine in your mind, two years from now, I'm going to be a marathon runner with a, with the prostheses. Both of these two things are really possible. But the fact that he was there, just simply there, that's all, uh, really helped me out quite a bit. And I've never been a fan of being a victim to anything. Um, so, you know, I went after this. I, I had to. I mean, there's a lot of uh, ufologists that have been doing this for 40 years. But because there's so many falsehoods and everything thrown in their face all the time, it takes them 40 years to get where I'm at now, you know, to understand uh, so many different things. So um, I had more drive than most people to find out what this is all about. You know, it's not just a hobby for me. It's uh, I've got scars all over my body uh, and there's no explanation for
0: any of it. Your story is truly one of the most remarkable experiencer stories I've ever encountered, and I want to thank you for spending a little bit of time, as I say, an invitation to come back, and we'll do two hours and really drill down deep. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Rosemary Ellen Guiley is next with Tales of a Haunted Doll, another alien abduction story, and a cursed treasure hunter from Oak Island. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett.